When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Rashford, he's in here. He scores! Marcus Rashford takes yet another step up the ladder. Thank you. And it's a lad from Manchester who scored. Only chance in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Hello and welcome to another episode of Mugger. You are joined this week by an esteemed cast. I'll start in order of how quickly you all got here. So I'll start with you firstly, Rodney. How goes it? Yeah, I'm good, man. It's been a minute since I've been on a Monday evening pod. Good yeah. to be back. Yeah, this fine bank holiday Monday, yeah? Mm, exactly. Yeah. Also joined by Reams. What are you saying, Reams? I'm good, man. Good, good to be good. on. Recovering yeah, yeah. from last night. Yeah, we, we, we see that. You had a good time, yeah? Yeah, man. Yeah, enjoyment. And last but not least, Seb. What are you saying, Seb? I'm good, man. Why, why were you listening to Eminem? Like, what was going on over there? I had a... Yeah, I'm not even going to... Why? Gonna, Get into it. What's the context? No, I'm not getting into it. I almost slipped are up. Are you sure? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a work <laughs> thing, but it's a long story. Um... <laughs> Before we start, I've got to do the usual plug, the socials. If you're not following on the Twitter, TLF underscore Mugga. Uh, Gaz has gotten into the business of recording some post-game reactions, so I think we can expect one after the midweek game against Brighton. So if you're not uh, following on the Patreon, subscribing, give us a subscription on the Patreon. We should be having a lot more content between now and the end of the season. Now, Gaz is responsible for that. That is Gaz, G-A-Z. Uh, so please do not DM me or the Mugga account. Um, 
other than that, though, lads, let's get into it. It's been a busy last couple of weeks and it's looking like a busy end to the season. Uh, Rodney, we'll start with yesterday's game. We were up against Inform Villa, Unai Emery, breaking all sorts of records. First Premier mm-hmm. League side to score a goal in the manager's first 20 games, etc., etc. Oh, Had them as high as fifth, but they, they came to Old Trafford um, and they lost, which is what usually happens to teams when they come to Old Trafford. But yeah. let's get into the, the, the granularity and the detail within that performance. What did, what did you think of the, the game yesterday? Uh, it's a game of two halves, similar to Spurs. I thought first half we was really good. I don't think Villa, Villa created much, but uh, Watkins slip at the back post. We had chance after chance. I thought Rashford did well. There wasn't too many performers that were below par until the second half. Yeah, it was a it was a really good game. I think we're struggling to put chances away at the minute. Um, we had a few. I think the Rashford one in seven minutes, I think that might have been pulled back for a foul earlier on in the play. But then Rash had another chance where he should have went with his right and he went with his left. Unusual mm. for him. So Bits had half a chance and obviously the goal came. Yeah, it was, it was a good first half performance, similar to Spurs, I thought. I don't really understand. I, I understood the Sabi the the Sabi start, but it never works, man. Obviously, Villa play a high line, so Sabi running in behind, but he just runs around. He didn't even run behind. He's just running. Around. Nothing. He got <laughs> nothing to that first half because obviously the second half was a little bit different. Mm. I think once it started to click though for the whole team, that high line we figured it out. We got through a few times. I think a lot of people were thinking, oh, Villa's going to pose a great test. Mm, if we put away our chances, it would have been a, a, a nothing second half and it would have been game set match, really, mm. as uh, most games are at Old Trafford. Sebi, what did you see in the second half that um, lent itself to the same sort of second half that we saw against Spurs? We'll get on to the Spurs game. But what is it with the team at the moment that we're playing really well in the first half, creating chances, not necessarily taking all those chances, but then we're coming back back out in the second half and we're giving the opposition opportunities to get back into the game and maybe losing that control that we had in the first 45? I think it's probably a, a fitness issue um, with, with this team, especially this this side of the season anyway. Um, I feel like, of course, like any player, you start off with the right instructions and uh, you're starting on a high. Um, and then as the game kind of progresses... I think, you know, these players are just starting to feel it in their legs, but also uh, feel it in their mind, bro. Like, it's their mind as well. Like, it's, uh, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, their mind as well. Like, it's, um, what you know, when you're lacking fitness, you make you make a lot of mistakes. You're very clumsy. Things that you were potentially executed in the first half, you're mishitting passes or whatever. And that 100% just goes down to just, like, yeah, the players are in a deep, deep red zone uh, right now. And, um, yeah, man, I think, yeah, fitness is probably the, the biggest issue, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Reams, what, what were your thoughts on yesterday's game? Um, I, I only managed to catch... I only watched the first half okay. this, huh? this morning as well as able to squeeze in. But I, I think in the first half, we, we, we looked decent, actually. You know, I think I've got to give a big shout-out to the back four. I think the back four looked good. I'm sure I know Lindelof's partnership is actually looking pretty solid. Dallo, um, he he's really he's a really good passer, man. Dallo, like he 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 brings a lot 
in terms of his passing ability off both feet. He played a, a few really good switches of play, like out to Sancho as well. Um, in the first half, obviously, I, I'm not sure what happened in the second, but Malasio was all right as well. You know, when he does that little inverting role, him and Shaw was like helping us a lot in the build-up. I think Casemiro was really good in that first half as well. Like Since he's come back from suspension, this seems like the first game where he was actually winning duels again in midfield and recovering the ball, which is like what you expect from Casemiro. But since he's come back from suspension, he seemed a little, I don't know sluggish. if I want to say sluggish or apprehensive in, in, mm. in, in, in like not going into challenges with the same... Yeah. Like him, yeah, him that he usually does. I don't know if because he, he held the first couple of red cards of his of, of his career, he's starting to think, oh, maybe I can't play my usual game. But yesterday, he yesterday in the first half, he was really winning the ball back well. His passing was good. Um, I think he left that game with like a, a high eighties passing percentage. And people's always crying about the wow. fact that Casemiro's his passing. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 really good for him. But, but I think since, since since the last maybe three four games, his his passing percentages have been in the eighties. So. Yeah, maybe, maybe it was a men a mental thing over the last few games. Why, why he, why he was putting in them sluggish performances? But... I haven't actually a question for you because I haven't actually watched any of the last few games. Where you're seeing those passing percentages in the the eighties, mid high eighties? Have you, when you're watching his performances, is this him like curbing those kind of instincts to play those kind of wilder passes, or is he still attempting those passes but maybe just less frequently? I think a lot of the passes that resulted in losing the ball was him trying to play it first time all the time I think now he just recycles it a lot more I like they, they're still every now and again where like he like sees the bleacher report highlights and like <laughs> tries to play a Hollywood ball like every now and again he yeah. can't help himself but I think a lot of times now he's just getting the ball passing it back to Shaw gets the ball pass it to Dalo or something like that like just simple passes that helps us yeah. take possession instead of trying to play it first time and turning it over like there's still times where like under a press, he'll get caught on the ball and stuff like that. When he tries to carry the ball and stuff like that, he gets caught. Like, he's not a great, like, dribbler. Yeah. I think a lot of the times his turnovers in recent games have been a result of just, like, not being able to play effectively out of a press. But his passing mm. has been a lot more conservative. And he's still, like, breaking lines. He's still switching play. But he's just making better decisions. Um, is it, The passing stuff hasn't even been really been what's been annoying me about his performances in recent it's games. It's, it's the defensive side of stuff where I expect him yeah. to be elite like you know what I mean yeah but yeah um I think I'd agree with Rodney Sabi like I, I, I... what do you guys think of him because obviously he scored just, a few goals it's just it's meh good. like it's just a whole lot of he's a nothing player man meh <laughs> like yeah yeah there's nothing there's nothing I can say he excels at from watching him at United at the moment and even bringing him in to make runs in behind I don't think he got one run in behind yeah, I don't mm. really see what what he offers. Really, people talk yeah, about bringing him in as a squad player. I don't. He re- he reminds me, and I don't know if I, I I can't I can't maybe I can't remember, but he reminds me of when Snidling came at United. He's just like a nothing player. Like it just reminds me of Snidling, but I don't I, I don't know what he's on. Yeah, but um, yeah, obviously the goal came again from Rashford being a a, a constant threat on the last mm. line. Yeah. And constant threat on the last line throughout the whole of that first half. Obviously, the chance that he, he put wide that was probably um gonna get pulled back. He had another one that um uh Martinez saved well when when Rush, Rush tried to put him under him, put it under him with his left foot. Martinez saved well. See that that goal came from Rashford again on the last shoulder. He took it early. Martinez tipped it wide, and and Bruno came in to finish it. So yeah, I think Rash, I think Rash was really like 
a dynamic threat in that first half, and he he's really the only one we have. We could really use another one. But yeah, yeah I, th- I think went in halftime with a deserved lead. I'd say. Yeah, definitely. It's so interesting because the last game I watched was was like bits of the Sevilla game, and in that game he looked like he'd been rushed back um, to see if we could actually pull out a result, and he didn't look like his usual self. Would you guys say like in the in the last few games he's he's looked fitter and sharper and closer to being that hundred percent? And and has there been a noticeable difference? in his subsequent performances in comparison to how he played against Sevilla? I, I think, think, yeah. Oh, yeah, you got rooms. Oh, sorry. Um, Yeah, I think his performances up front have been pretty interesting over the last yeah. few games. I think he's like, <laughs> Martial's come back and been quite underwhelming, so it seems like um, Ten Hag has gone back to Rashford up front because we really need someone that provides a threat up there. But I think, like, his, his, his hold-up play, his link-up play has been a lot better recently. Um, is is dribbling out on the wing has kind of been underwhelming recently. So maybe Ten Hag has wanted him to just focus maybe on like uh, link up play and stuff like that. So that's been good over the last few games. And I think obviously he's always going to provide the threat in behind, like as an outlet. Like that's his game. So yeah, I think um his performances as a nine, I I've never really loved him as a nine, but he's showing some interesting stuff there. And obviously we know he's a big goal threat as well. So. Mm. Okay, interesting question. So obviously, like when we talk about, and I'm probably jumping ahead to a topic we'll discuss later in the pod, but when we talk about like our summer wish list, a lot of the time we talk about a striker being important. We need an additional goal for it. We need somebody who can, you know, link up play, connect play, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we would probably also all agree that the market for strikers is is pretty tough. As a result, a lot of the strikers on the market are probably overpriced. I'd say it's a lot easier to find a left-sided attacker, you know, a right foot who's going to cut in, score goals, create, link up with that striker. Have you seen enough in Rashford up top for you to be comfortable with him playing there long-term or would you rather get a proper number nine? Mm, uh, Like, it depends who the number nine is. Like, if it's Harry Kane, then yeah. If it's... um... Yeah, if it's Harry Kane, then yeah. Okay, like, if it's Harry Kane, yeah. If it's Victor Osimhen, no, like uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> I've gone back to tab, but I, I'm not. I'm, I don't want. Yeah, to... I, I asked you specifically because I've seen your. I've seen. <laughs> nah, your... I've been watching a couple spooky things, and I'm like, okay, listen, I hear you, and like Nigeria, yeah, man, respect. Like, <laughs> was it, what's it? Have you talked yourself into it, and then you went back to like, nah, I'm bro, because the group chat was gassing like I think it was when I was on him and I was like nah this guy can't this guy can't hold up the ball there was like a week of I think it was like six weeks in a row this guy was a slap in my head so I was just like you know what <laughs> fair enough in it like okay you lot might be right in it because bro I'll flick on BT Sport oh go 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 so I'm like okay fair enough in it like I, he's not my favorite but I, I, I doing the I, business I, yeah he's doing the business so it is where it is but bro like. What I started to now I'm watching, I keep watching now because now, like, I, I bought in and I'm like, nah, man, I was right the first time, man. I, I don't really want him at Man United. I don't think, in my opinion, I think Rashford could do similar to what he's doing at Napoli. And I think so, I don't think it's worth paying 150 million for that type of player. Now, I want somebody who I just know is just that guy. And Harry Kane is probably the only one that's available that I would say, yeah. So we move Rashford for that player. Now, if we're going to keep Rashford on the or in it centrally, as you mentioned previously, I think there's way more players on, on that left-hand side to couple with Ganacho 
that you know you'd happily take on the left hand side. And for me, of course, like bro, like I know we'll never ever like get like Mbappe or whatever. But if Qatar came in, those were the talks that are oh, like you could get an Mbappe. So imagine you got an Mbappe, then I'll say like cool. If not, then that you that's um I don't know how to say his name, the one that's smacking up at Napoli on the left hand side. He's mm. like the player that I'm looking at, man. I'm yeah, like, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he, he looks the really question good. uh said you said there's loads of players on the left. Is Jaden Malik Sancho one of them? Not not for me. Not not for me. Not for me. I think <laughs> you know, like uh against what was against against Spurs. Spurs. So against, against Spurs I'd like, like to see him. I didn't I didn't watch that game, but he gets into those situations a lot where he's in the area and it's crowded, and it feels like to me he only ever wants to shoot when it's like a clear sight of goal. Clear um, sight. So it was nice to see him actually shoot through some bodies and actually hit the target and score. But that but was, was his overall what performance. was annoying about it, bro. That's yeah. what, what what was so annoying about the Spurs game is that you started the game on fire. You're doing that. But then he got into the same position bare times and then started to pass it back. And for me, I was like, nah, bro, you right now, like... You've got, you've got, you've got like everyone's gonna pass you the ball, bro. You're the guy right now. So why are you cutting back to pass it back? You should be using this game to go fill your boots up. And I feel like maybe it's a mentality thing, but yeah, man, like I, I can't, I can't deal with that. I need straight killers um, at my at my club. So for me, um, I, I saw another link today about J, uh, Borussia Dortmund potentially interested because they keep in touch with the agent. I'm sure maybe somebody else is with the agency or whatever, but that's why. But you know, I wouldn't mind shipping him back and just just like cutting tires, man. Calling um, call it, call it a day. That that day. it's going to be tough. That contract he's on three fifty a week or so. He oh. he's going to want to get every single penny of that money for the next few years. That's so. Tough. I, I I don't know what's going to happen there. I didn't want to have a word about the goal scorer Bruno Fernandez. Obviously, he he got injured, and we saw we saw the clips online going round. But he came straight back into the team. It was unlucky not to score against Spurs, but he got the winner against Aston Villa. How, how was he yesterday? Because he, did he play wide? Yeah, he played on the right. Yeah, how was how was his performance? Um, in the first half, I thought I think playing Bruno on the on the right kind of takes a lot away from what makes him good and what makes him dangerous for us as like one of the better creators in the world, like his final ball and, 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 and what have you. And, you know, he offers us a lot more in possession than, than Sabi and, and obviously we lose a lot in possession in terms of like retaining the ball when Anthony's not playing as well. So I think moving Bruno out of his best position and replacing him with a player that's not really effective doesn't really help the team. I guess maybe, they wanted to rest Anthony or something like that for because for, we got another game midweek. But on the on on the right, he was it was we it was just made him trying to make a lot of runs in behind, and he's not really the quickest. He can't really dribble, so it's not it wasn't really that effective. Like Rashford tried to find him a few times with with through balls, and he just he didn't have the legs to get on it. Um, he, the, for the goal, he did what you what you'd want your wide player to do though. He followed in with Rashford's shot, and you know Bruno's going to do that. It was a good it was a good finish as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think. Um, playing Bruno on the right doesn't really negates his his best strengths and yeah. asking him to do things that we know he's not particularly good at. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. Cool. Let's let's go back to the the last midweek's game, the two two draw against Spurs. Was it was it similar to the to, to the Villa game in terms of that really strong first half and maybe we should have scored three or four and just shot up shop like we didn't do against Sevilla. Um, 
or was it a case of Spurs just coming out in the second half and really being on it? Because we saw we saw them almost get a point against Liverpool yesterday. So there seems to be something in some kind of something in the water in the white side of North London. But um, Seb, talk me through Thursday's game. Yeah, Thursday, um, I think United uh, started bright. Um, and as we've touched on uh, briefly, you know, we had the chance, we had chances to literally put that game away um, in the first half. And there was like a lot of half chances and a lot of times we messed up the final pass. And I feel like, um, again, something that we touched on in the second half, Spurs were able to uh, up it a level in regards to that energy. Um, and after that, I feel like United really didn't have any have any answers. We had the Bruno chance uh, early, which I think he should have taken. And, you know, it is what it is, man. Sometimes players miss, like, impossible chances. So it just is what it is. I've kind of skipped past that. But other than that, man, Spurs really um, deserve to win. Malasia, um, interesting folk, man. Interesting character, bro. <laughs> Talk us through. So I think I've got... I think we've got... Thankfully, on this pod, two like opposite opinions in terms of spectrum. Seb, you're not a fan. Reams, no. you are. I think I'm with you, Reams. You're more positive about him, right? Yeah. Cool. Let's start with you, Seb. So, where after most of the first season, what what are your takeaways in terms of Malaysia? I just think he's still raw. Like I think he's, I think he's a player with raw attributes. But there's so many things like I don't like. I feel like he's a bit rash, and I feel like that's how the the goal came the first goal I think came from Spurs of him trying to like press up like so him just like assuming like we're about to go on an attack and the ball gets intercepted and they play a pass and he's going the other direction or like sometimes playing in field like where the way how he turns out on the ball I'm uncomfortable with like um <laughs> yeah bro there's so many things I'm uncomfortable with like he's his end product again isn't the best um, when he is or in the final third, the link-up play isn't the best. Um, and again, he looks like a raw... He looks like a player that's 14 million that hopefully in two, three years' time, this player could be a very, very solid left-back. However, in the position that Manchester United are in, I don't have time for that, bro. I don't have I don't have time for that. I don't have time for these, you know, missed touches and costly goals and costly things to the team right now, like... You know, I, I for me, I'm looking for ready-made or players that are a net positive for the last maybe three, four months, or, or maybe I'm a bit being a bit harsh, but maybe say for the last month or so, or two months, I think he's been really negative. Actually, maybe since he bucked Salah, um, um, Saka in the first Arsenal game, there's like a few uh, up and down. It's been up and down sometimes, maybe because sometimes maybe shit. So for me. Yeah, man, I'm looking for someone a bit more steady um, in defence to to kind of match the energy of our centre-backs, man. Our centre-backs have been solid this season, um, including Luke Shaw when he's going into centre-back. And I need somebody to match that energy because um, I'm trying to win shit. How about you, Reams, on the other end? Yeah, yeah I, I don't really agree. Um, I think he's largely been good for most of the season. Like, he's been a backup left-back for most of the season. He's about as good as a backup left back you, you you could you could ask for. Um, he made a bad mistake against Sevilla in the 80th minute in a game he was largely pretty good in. Um, he's good in build up play. He, he could he, he could beat a press. He could pass short, long. 
aggressive defender. Sometimes that gets him in trouble. Sometimes he makes errors. Like like Seb said, he he's still a little bit raw. He's not a finished product yet. Twenty three years old. You know what I mean? But yeah, for a backup left back you got for twelve million, you've been about as uh, as good as you can ask for. I agree. I agree. I think um, I really liked him. I only watched him once last season and it was literally in the conference final against Roma. And I was literally like, who is this guy? He looks really, really impressive, energetic, technical, gets up and down the pitch, gets stuck in. And I really wanted us to sign him. And we, we actually did for once. Um, welcome to the Prem, B. Like, welcome to the Prem. You're going to have some rough, you're going to have some rough games. But I think yeah. largely, I've, I've seen enough for him to mean that he'll be an honest deputy to Luke Shaw and if Luke Shaw has to do the centre-back thing at any point which I think with how long um, Martinez may take to get back to 100% um, I'm, I'm comfortable with him I know some people were posting a clip of Fernandez in the chat who was on loan at Preston this season and seems to have done a madness in the championship um, but they I don't don't play, they don't play the same position though man like, he's more what a left wing back yeah Fernandez is a left back He's what, like a left wing back, yeah? Yeah, man. Okay, fair enough. Because I've heard he's basically, he's he's basically playing like a winger, like. Okay, yeah, I've heard defensively he's not particularly impressive himself. He can't so. defend at all. Like, yeah, Malassia, like, <laughs> Malassia can actually defend, and Malassia, like, even in like the final third stuff, like he spends most of the time playing in centre mid as an inverted fullback anyway. So like, mm. barely in the final third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like him. I, I do like him. He's had a couple of rough games, and I know that severe game sticks like, out. He, he, he has, he has concentration issues. That's his main problem. Yeah. Yeah, like definitely. like lapses in concentration and that could cost you in the position he plays but that's something that, that you can one. easily iron out of your game it's not it's not like he's got like technical or physical faults or anything like that yeah those are definitely workable we've 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 seen Ten Hag really improve a lot of well definitely a handful of players this season so I think with another season another preseason, I, I, I'm, I'm happy to have him around for sure um let's look ahead now um I think these last two games were really big in terms of that race for top four. And for me, when I, I spoke to you, Rodney, ahead of the game, and I said, as long as we don't lose to Spurs, I think that's top four sewn up. And then we've kind of doubled up by also beating Villa, who I guess were outside for a top four position. But now we've got Brighton, who obviously they've gone up a level since Potter um, was, was there. They're definitely one of the most exciting teams to watch in the league. They've even gone to the business of resting players ahead of the game on Thursday and still battering their opposition. Um, I know you've watched them a few times this season, Rodney. What are your thoughts going into that game at the Amex? Uh, my heart says we got this, but my head <laughs> says we're getting touched. I'm going to go yeah. with my heart because I don't like going into games thinking we're going to lose. And actually, because of the Liverpool result, it's probably a game that we may not necessarily need to win, but being Liverpool being four points and we've got two games in hand, we still have to win those two games in hand. It'd be much better if we won that game. And just I think if we beat Brighton, regardless of what Liverpool do at um, uh, against Fulham, I think that'll be us. Uh, yeah, my, my heart says we're going to go there and we're going to give them something. The boys owe us an away performance against the top. I don't know why people say top nine, maybe because we beat the temp team away. I don't know why it's top nines. I think they owe us a performance against the top 10 teams away from home. It would be nice if it would be against Brighton, but Brighton have rested players. And they, are really, they, are, they are really, really good. And they they're teams, so good at that. They put so teams under a lot of home. pressure. And we talk about the kind of the, the telltale signs of a top team. They get their players in the same positions throughout the game to yeah. use the best of their attributes to cause danger to the opposition so 
I'm really going to be interested to see how it goes. Away form this season hasn't been our hasn't really Terrible. been our strong point. Terrible. Yeah, agreed. What are your thoughts going into that one, Reams? Because I know you're you're not somebody who usually goes into games with a hey man, we've lost already sort of mentality. Um, boy, I, I like to use like precedent and like logic and right now Brighton are playing better football than we are. They're probably a little bit healthier, well rested, and our away record against teams in the top ten has been spooky bad. So with that being said, two 0 Manchester United. <laughs> This is, you know what? This is what I like, Reams, because I can always count on a man to say when everyone else is saying, "Yo, we're getting beat." Even if I know we're gonna get beat, I don't want to fucking hear it, bro. Bro, like like the Barcelona stuff. You the Barcelona when we had Barcelona that had so hot, bro. Bro, every game, every every good game, a hard game we go into, the man am I saying, "Yo, it's gonna be spooky." I don't know if I'm watching, and bro, you know what? I think it's you know. It's a combination of factors. Obviously, the last few years have not been kind to us. And I think that kind of... Anyway, in the Mugga circles, I think on social media, still the same. That kind of, like, built-in arrogance, that that irrational confidence, we could call it, that mm. Manchester United fans have had over the years has slowly eroded ba- bad, result, bad result after bad result after yeah. bad result after bad result after bad result. And we've had a few this season. The, the Liverpool um, result. Just compounded everything that cooked that cooked the fan base. Like, yeah, I feel that... like, I feel like our, our, our fan base was quite buoyant this season after results like having a pretty positive mm-hmm. season. But a Liverpool yeah. result cooked everyone. PTSD was... took over. Unfathomable because you've kind of watched them in subsequent weeks, and it's like, how did we? Like, yeah. Anyway, let's not even let's not even get into that. So, I think that definitely plays a part in it, and I think it's also that kind of just. Generally, Brighton are a good. They are a good side. They are. No, they I are a good side. Yeah, very I good side. Because my head says Brighton are going to beat us, but I don't like going into games thinking, "Yeah, we've lost." Mm. And then if we get something from the game, I knew. Then... And everyone's like, "I knew it was going to." Yeah, yeah, but like, you know, but you've got you know, the other guys. Though. You've got the other guys who earlier this season were saying twenty-one and twenty-three. Yeah. You know, and then after Liverpool game, like, where the twenty-one and twenty-three guys can oh, can hear know. from them. You could, you, you could and, now, and now they're, they're not even going to watch the Brighton game. <laughs> I, I don't know how that happens. Like, you're going from 21 and 23 to I'm not watching Brighton. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah, Brighton yeah. are a good team, but after, after my heart just says they owe us one, and, and this is this is going to be the one they um the one that they give us. If they don't, we still got what three home games. We've got three home games, and we we've got um six games left, and we need nine more points to secure top yeah, four. Yeah, I reckon we win all our home games. Even at Chelsea, I, I don't, I don't. Atrocious, what, atrocious size. Yeah, so I see us winning our three home games, and that would be enough. Even if we lose to Bournemouth, uh, I think it's um Bournemouth, Brighton, and who else we got away? I'm not fathoming losing to Bournemouth. If I'm being honest with you, bro. But even I'm, I'm saying, even if we do lose all our away yeah. games, yeah, our away our away games for the rest of the season are Brighton, West Ham. Uh, and Bournemouth, and then our home, our home games are Wolves, Chelsea, and Fulham. Yeah, I expect to win all our home games. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm feeling pretty confident in the running. Like even Liverpool, you mentioned they've played a, a game more than us, and they're seven points behind us. So yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice, comfortable gap. I guess. I think like um, early on in the season, I can understand fans being wide, but if United now. How let Liverpool catch them with seven point six games and a game in hand? That 
is a fucking disaster. I don't, I really don't see how that happens. I'm not worried about it. Like I said, for me, the last game that ha- was like, okay, was, was Spurs. And I said, as long as we don't lose to Spurs, for me, top top four is wrapped up. Like yeah, we, we've not, taken I'm care not. of, we've taken care of business throughout the season. Um, but let's let's talk ahead, look ahead. Obviously, uh, Friday just passed uh, was the final deadlines for renewed bids. Uh, we shouldn't. I don't want us to necessarily talk too much about it because there's so much like conjuncture in the air and people giving this news, people giving that news. But the vague kind of understanding is that Radcliffe has only bid for about fifty percent of the club, um, while Jasim's team has bid for total control of ownership of the club. And the thought process behind that is that Radcliffe knows some of the Glazers want to remain um, part of Manchester United because there's a confidence that in the coming years, the value of the club is going to go up. So there's an opportunity for them to make even more money. Uh, obviously, Radcliffe owns a massive organisation and he has a big financial beast behind him, but he hasn't mentioned anything about necessarily writing off the debt the same way Jasim has um with everything that's kind of in the air at the moment i come across you said because i know you stay across this kind of thing more than most w- where's your head at in regards to the transfer uh well the transfer the takeover news and and where do you think things could potentially be leaning towards <sighs> it's crazy man like um i think i'm 51 percent right get my united the reason why like it's it's 50 50 but i think ratcliffe has like stronger pr like when it when it comes to like briefing uh, English journals and all of these mm. other things, he's getting his message across, right? So yeah. whether that's uh, for the fans or whether that's uh, yeah, so whether that's to ease the ease the tensions with the fans because the fans want a full sell, and obviously it comes up comes um, off the back of a massive protest. So then, you know, I see something today about you know if uh, a partial sell goes through. Um, it could go through uh, if a partial sell. If sorry, if Ratcliffe's bid is uh, accepted, which is obviously a partial sell, he would be able to take care of transfers ASAP. Now, the reason why that's put out is because you know fans are worried about transfers. Fans are worried like that we're going to miss out on key targets if this rumbles on. Now, uh, the opposite is if a Qatar sell goes through transfers will start at the end of the season which ultimately ultimately leaves you in a position you're too late like you 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 you've, you've gone too late so that pre that briefing has started to come out um in my opinion i've been more I, i've i've like now just said you know what whatever one as long as you know we get to spend the summer of course that's not that's largely to do with sales um i'll be happy but it just looks like Ratcliffe is pros- potentially going to win um, but either way, this summer we have to sell, so we wouldn't be able to really like feel the benefits of a Qatar takeover up until that until like year two. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, so um, I think that's what's going to happen. Also, I'm interested to see what the Glazers do because yes, the Glazers are greedy, right? But when the uh, press the press have come out about them looking for a minority minority investment, so not you know not money like not money they would want to pocket. They're looking for minority investment to improve the facilities in the club, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, um, or a full sell. That's led me to believe that they want to reinvest in the club. They just don't want to put their money in, right? Uh, mm. Would, would uh, 
then leave Ratcliffe in a good position where, okay, the 3 billion or the 2.7 billion or whatever that you are investing in the club, we are going to reinvest that money as long as we don't put our money in, which is not the worst, but in my opinion, it, sp- it spells for danger in 10 years' time, right? <laughs> yeah, it, like, it does, yeah. like, short-term gain, I think it could work, right? If you're going to spend a billion on the stadium, you're going to spend X amount on the facilities, but then the only way all of this does work is if Man United start winning again. And the reason why we haven't we haven't won anything or we haven't won anything substantial over the last 11 years is because of key decision makers. So if Ratcliffe comes in, right, which it just is where it is at this point, the money potentially is going to be there. I'm 70% sure that the money will be reinvested, but it's more so, is he going to do the English bias thing? What type of players is he going to be looking for? Is he trying to do the commercial thing so he can get his return on investment? Is he looking for a director of football? Is that going to upset Ten Hag? That's more so how I'm looking at it. It's like, what's the infrastructure that this guy's going to bring with him rather than mm. the money? Because I think the money will be reinvested. Fair enough, fair enough, man. I think it's, um, yeah, like I've not gone into the granularity of it personally because I, I, I'm not really interested until somebody's like confirmed and we know who it is and I can worry about what I think their plans are and whatnot. But he owns Nice at the moment and I don't know, I, I haven't heard of them pulling up trees in, in France particularly. It was seventh um, when he arrived. I think they're like 10th now. There's like <laughs> another club he owned, which um, it, I think got relegated or something. I think like a Swiss club or something like that got relegated. So in regards to his football ownership so far, it's been yeah. shocking. Not good. Yeah, I think the, the, the Glazers' greed may actually be the undoing of us one, once again. And I think the protests and all that are good all good but they've shown they don't actually care what the fans think of them at all and they've come here to absolutely bleed the club dry um and they've pulled off the one of the great cash heists of 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 our generation to be honest with you so i guess we just keep an eye on that and we and we see where things go um cool man let's finish up with some listeners questions guys um First question is from the Adeni guy. Shout him out. He asks questions every single oh, week. Just before we move on, yeah, shout, out Lind- shout out Lindelof, though, man. Shout out Lindelof. Okay, yeah, speak, speak before I get to listen to this question. No, speak, he's doing his thing. Speak, speak on that. Speak on that because I think BP, he's partnered Maguire for the, the, the last few years. And I think as a result, they've become known as like Lindelof and Maguire. Um, I think what's become apparent is that he's comfortably a better defender than Maguire. A million times better than Maguire. Like, uh, you know, just, yeah, shout out Lindelof, man. I mean, for me, as as far as a backup centre-back goes, I don't know if we're going to get much better than Lindelof, in in my opinion. Um, Mm. Okay, so question for you then. Where we talk about in the summer, we need a goalkeeper, a centre-back, a right-back, a CM, a striker. We don't, yeah, that's essentially what I wanted to ask. Yeah, we don't don't need a centre-back. What I would, I would be interested in potentially getting another left back, but we mm. don't need a centre back. I, yeah. I would I'm happy with Luke Shaw to deputise Martinez mm-hmm. and Lindelof to deputise Varane. Okay. Um and then obviously you just rotate Shaw and whatever, you know, you mix it about. That's not to say that Lindelof is going to be perfect. Of course, as a deputy, I don't expect him to be perfect. He's going mm-hmm. to make mistakes and he's not the best centre back. But as deputies goals, when you look at Arsenal's dropper from Saliba to Holding, and then you go and look at Lindelof, who's partnering Luke Shaw, who's mm. six foot. Lindelof is maybe six one or mm. whatever. Um, they've done pretty well, bro. Like they've done pretty well at the back end of the season as well. Um, yeah, Lindelof has been he has, has been class, and um, I think maybe 
he, well, I'd love him to stay and potentially he should be looking to get 20, 25, 25 games next season, especially with Varane's injury record. Mm. I think we should be like swapping them, like we should be swapping them in and out, like, like how Pep does it, man. You know, you, you don't know what centre-back's starting for Pep. Who knows, yeah. bro? Who, who it's knows? It's interesting. And I yeah, think, and I think yeah. that's what we should be doing. I think with Varane, with his with his physical constitution, we should probably be looking to not save him, but take a look at the fixture list, right? And right. where you've got big games coming up where you think we definitely want uh, Varane, let Lindelof deputise and let him play. And I think that becomes easier to do when you've got a stronger midfield in front of them and the better goalkeeper behind them and the team just overall is more competent. I think where we've been this season... Um, Ten Hag has been very remiss to swap out any of his very best players. It's like, I can't actually drop any single one of you because the drop-off, when one of you comes out of the team for the most part, is is too big, right? So the hope is that in summer we get better players in, that strengthens the overall shape of the team and the competence of the team. And it means that it can be easier to take out the odd player and rotate them with the next man up from the bench. I agree. How do you guys feel about Dallow and uh, Wambasaka? Wambasaka, I think, has had a really good season. Uh, Reams, you were talking about Dallow's passing earlier, but all jokes aside, how would you feel about those two being our right-backs going forward? Uh, Rodney? Wait, I just want to go back to the um, Varane and Lindelof segment. I don't agree, man. I think I think we need to sign a starting centre-back. I don't. I don't think Varane's going to be able to play many games next season, and I don't see Lindelof being able to come in and and bring to the game what we say Varane has brought to us this season. I don't think he has those leadership qualities that we desire so much from Varane. I do think we're going to need a starting centre back. I don't want to go into a season where Varane gets injured and we've got Lindelof and Martinez as our starting centre backs. I don't know. I'm just. I'm not. I'm not a fan of it. I think we need a, another centre back if we can. Just because I don't think Lindelof brings to the game what Varane has brought to us. And even even so, though, even if we start another centre back, then Lindelof could just be Martinez's backup. He'll still be. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't. I don't really backup. think. Sorry, Reem's gone. And I, I I I agree with you. I think like we need to start thinking of the future and thinking of getting yeah. a starting caliber centre back to replace Varane. But like, say even if we sign that centre back, like say, we've been linked with like Todibo over the last few days. Like, say if we sign Tadebo and it then becomes Tadebo and Varane, then you still have Martinez and Lindelof. Like, so I still think Lindelof's like a uh, a useful player to keep around. Agreed. Yeah, I agree. I just, I don't know. I don't know if he, he should be the deputy to Varane because I think the deputy will end up being the captain. Play, really. you think the deputy yeah. will play too, quite too a many games. He's going to play too many games. And I, what we like about Varane this season, I don't necessarily believe Lindelof can bring to the game. Mm. That's fair so enough. You're, you're now to, you're now talking about a whole different centre back partnership. Mm. How's, how's Lindelof looked to you in his performances? Though? Yeah, he, he, again, he's come in and he and he's done really well. But we're talking about Lindelof playing in two, three, four games mm. next season. Like like Seb said, he's going to play probably minimum twenty five minimum. Varane's body just I think it, I think he's going to cave in, and I think we're going to end up having Lindelof for. The whole season, and I, I don't know if over a season he's um he's, he's the one. For me, you, I yeah. prefer to get a starting left back and have him and Varane, and then obviously Lindelof can stay in the team. But I, I don't see I don't see Lindelof being able to fill Varane's boot just based on what we've seen from Varane this season and what he brings. So fair enough, fair enough. Um, touching on the Dallo and Aaron Wambasaka question, obviously 
me and Reams have been going aye with Dallo and Aaron Bissaka. Me, just probably because I'm bored. I was bored at the time. But Aaron Bissaka, if we have the choice, we have to keep Dallo. Just because he brings a little bit more to the way we play. Especially if, if we're going to be a lot better football inside next season, then Aaron Bissaka doesn't really fit that. He's had he's had a good season and great to him that he's managed to come in and prove a lot of people wrong in what they were saying about him or the extremists. But if we can get 25, 30 million for him, I think he probably goes. And then if we can sign someone who's a little bit better than a lot better than Dallo, I don't know if the market facilitates that. If not, then just another right back similar to Dallo. I think that's the way to go forward. But if you're asking who we should keep, if we're going to be a better football inside going forward, then it's obviously the person who's better at football. Yeah, so no, I wasn't even asking who we should keep. I was asking, would you be comfortable keeping the two of them? Because they've got quite different profiles, no, right? No, no. So no, you're I looking think... to ship Aaron Wambasaka this summer, yeah? And should pick up. We should pick up a decent fee with how he's played this year. And I think his his yeah. rep is at an all time high since he highest. joined. The highest is gonna. It's, the highest is gonna be like apart from him being scary against Spurs. I think he's he's been quite solid, and um, it's the highest it's gonna get for him. If you want to grab money for Aaron Wambasaka. Now's the best time to do it. I think we, we do need a similar profile to um, Dallo. So if Dallo goes out, we don't lose a lot of the way we play on the right. But um, yeah, I think Aaron Masaka and Dallo going into the next season. If you want, if our team needs to improve, I think mm. someone else with a better footballing ability needs to push Dallo or Dallo needs to push them. Just more competition for what we need going forward as a football inside. Cool. Reams, with his persistent in injury issues, how long before Malo Gusto becomes Chelsea's starting right back? September. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one I wanted. I don't, who else is on the market, Reams, man? Um, so we've been linked with Jeremy Frimpong, or as basically call, a right winger playing right, right or back, or as Sebi calls him, Jeffrey Frimpong. <laughs> 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 but other than Malo Gusto, the best, the best option on the market is Vanderson at Monaco, and we've been linked with him recently. Yeah, we've been linked with him. I saw that link. So if we could get Vanderson, boy, that's a pretty, that's a pretty good alternative to, to, to Malo Gusto but like I, that just seems like too much of a smart signing like I've seen us linked with Vanderson and, and Tadebo I'm just like bro this just seems like designing it's not like a club who knows what they're doing it Can't sounds like a club that has an idea in it like <laughs> yeah that don't sound like United <laughs> gosh good age as well oh man yeah I'm not gonna get my hopes up because yeah Malo Gusto did we did we bell him when Chelsea went come on bro just wait till summer Please. my guy <laughs> we're begging <laughs> Just wait to someone. We promise you, fam. We got a nice little starting spot for you, man. What's guy. he on that like, eight-year contract there as well? <laughs> yeah, what a crazy one, man. He's at death row now. Yeah, he's at he's, he's at death row. I think with with with, with Reece James' injury issues, I think he's going to play a lot. And um, if he's ends up being a player that we've seen him be for Leon, and he's only twenty twenty-one, right? Um, it's going to be scary. Going to be scary, scary stuff, man. Um, we've been linked to James Madison. Uh, actually, quite the topic of great debate in the Mugger chat, which surprised me. Um, I think everybody on this call would be happy for us to grab him in the summer, right? Is there anyone yeah. who would be like, ah, I want to seize our money elsewhere? Uh, why wouldn't we? Something to yeah, do what's with What's the argument on the other side? Um, who the hell are we to turn down a player as good as James Madison? <laughs> he, won't, he won't start with Bruno. 
Um, we should use the money elsewhere more responsibly, etc., etc. That kind of. How thing. much is he going for? Fifty to sixty, I think they said. No way! Well, I'll get relegated. I don't think it's, it just says fifty to sixty. Really? Yeah. And, people, and, and it's a debate. I mean, we're not loaded. We know we ain't gonna Obviously, be loaded. Rodney, what what the naysayers are saying is, um, instead of signing James Madison, we should sign players that are like more urgent. Which is, I'm I'm not I'm not against that, but people are saying that because they feel like we won't be able to sign more than two players. Two money issues. <laughs> yeah, even though uh, we're about to get, even though we're about this? to take over. Got a takeover. Exactly. I'm really confused by that. I, I do, I do agree that we focus on the on on like goalkeeper, centre mid, and striker. But like, bro, after that, if James Madison's available for fifty million, that's yeah. a no brainer. What, yeah. what if we sign him? He's the second best player at the club. Yeah, exactly. Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Like... I don't know why anyone says. Who gives a shit about Bruno? <laughs> even, if Bruno hard, even if Bruno is gonna start, you... that's like, the skipper. That's the gaffer of this team, man. No, no, okay, cool. He's been good this season, so I won't rubbish him. But even like Madison's one of those players. If they're available, regardless of your, transfer, you get a man, and then you figure it you out get later, in, and then you figure out because he's such a good player, it doesn't really matter about anything else. It's not like what, there's 50, 60 million for a player who can only play in a specific position. They've only got a specific set Brother, I've been seeing us Ten Hag trying to get cooking with Eric um, Ericsson in a deep... Nah, fam. Get James yeah, Madison. Yeah. Man. I'm not... he, can, he can even play where Ericsson plays. Yeah, of course he, he can. Be better than Ericsson, of course better. he can. Why not? Why of course not? he can. I, I, so... yeah, I'm not saying no to that. Absolutely no. That. Absolutely no brainer for me. And Who finally, I want to enjoy what I watch. Fuck's sake. <laughs> And finally, um, this one for me and you, Reams, I guess. Um, we're apparently the strongest link with Kolo Moani at the moment, but obviously apparently Bayern's got their eye on him. Tuchel's a fan. Um, how, how are we feeling about Kolo Moani at this point? Because the last I saw, they, they wanted 100 million for him. 100 million is a mad price, but if we could get him, bring him. Would you guys take uh, Tony? Yeah, i take Tony. But he ain't playing till 2025, though. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think he'll get a mad band like that. But I'll, I'll take, I'll, I'll look, I'll take Tony for sure, hundred percent. He, I'm, I'm I don't know how long. It's two hundred or charges. Like you guys know my list: Colo yeah. Moani, bring him; Ivan Tony, bring him; Dominic Solanke, bring him. Mm. Well, Solanke's been doing some crazy stuff for Bournemouth recently, boy. Bro, my, my, hey, my Harold. Hey, remember Harold's who bought Harold's. the dip, Rodney. Remember who? <laughs> remember who was there? Um, last month and a half, crazy stuff, bro. That's a baller, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take I'll take Dominic as a backup striker, but I need Harold Kane. <laughs> what? Did, you, did you say your list? Um, did you say your list was Harold? 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 Man. Do you know what's now, so, why are you so Kane, though? Say that again. Why? Why are you so sold on Kane, sir? You won't take no, no one but Kane. It's the truth. He's the truth, man. Look what he's doing in this first squad. Look, look what he done against us in the second half. Bro said, you know what? Ah, uh, man. Fuck it. He said, you know what? I feel like Tom Brady today. And then they said, uh, I'm playing quarterback. And he just started cooking in the second half, bro. Like, yeah. absolutely cooking. And I've seen him do that to us bare times. How can a striker just go and grab the, grab the game by the scruff of his neck, which really central midfielder should be doing, and just say, you know what? I'm going to win you this game. Bro, like that is like that ability is just too peak, man. And I think mm. he's got two years of that, and two years of that is enough for me, man. At, at whatever price, yeah, eight, man. Eight million, three, four hundred k a week, yeah. 
Hold up, man. For I me, I, I always just feel like if you're going to do that signing, it has to kind of be like what the Van Persie signing was for us. Yeah. It, it I'm not saying we need to get the rest you. of the pieces as well. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it has to be winning you the title, not just like, oh, you've helped us go oh, from a, sh- a shaky top four to I'm a confident top four. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah I, 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 I think him alone, or even if like you're asking United to get a lot of signings right for him to be the finishing touch, to be honest with you. I don't know if I, I don't know if I, I'm not. It sounds crazy to say no because who are we to say no to Kane? Like I'm there banging on about Madison. Who are we to say no to Kane? But I don't know. Do you know what kills me? He called him Harold Kane, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> basketball. The after one playoff game, like Jimmy Butler went off, and the Philadelphia 76ers coach at the time was like, "That was James Butler." <laughs> and then Jimmy comes and goes. My name's actually Jimmy. It's, it's, it's not, it's not <laughs> me. And I'm so sure his name is Harry, not Harold. <laughs> oh, is it not Harold? I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Harry. <laughs> well, let's finish up with some listeners' questions. First question is that Adenie guy. Where do you guys think some of our negative poor performances come from when ETH makes subs? Not looking at players, but looking at our attack, midfield, etc., etc. Do you think there's an under... I know you guys spoke about fitness-wise, but do you think there's anything else that he's potentially missing which could mean that these second halves could go better than they have done in the last no. few weeks? Well, he should have did that at the start of the season. Like He's paying he's paying um, the price for not rotating at the beginning of the season, so not right now. Mm. Like, there's nothing you could do right now. Everyone's fucked. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just kind of getting to the end of the season, then we go again, yeah? yeah. I knew cool. it was cooked when he, um, when he started Rashford, when he was 4-1 up against Batiste, and he started Rashford away against That Batiste. was sick. That was sick. Yeah, yeah. I knew you're, from you, you do that, you're cooked in your brain. And then <laughs> you only took him off when we scored one. It wasn't even, <laughs> like, what was the point, brother? And even the other day, he took Rashford off then... for the 85th minute. I was like, bro, what's the point, bro? Let yeah, him play the rest the of the fight. What's the point? You've really cooked him. He's played 85 minutes. And now he's complaining about fixture schedules and that. Brother, this is your fault. Yeah? Yeah, okay. That leads on to another question about ETH from Chenny Boy. What are Eric Ten Hag's weaknesses and how detrimental are they for us in the long term? I haven't seen many. Say that question again, please. Yeah. What are Eric Ten Hag's weaknesses and how detrimental are they for us in the long term? Um, maybe his um, use of his squad, but and maybe his use of younger players in his squad. Mm. And they mentioned that when he was at Ajax, isn't it? Like, obviously, you have some of the young players he was re- a really big fan of, but some didn't get a look in um, under Ten Hag, and he tends to pick his favourites and then he sticks with them. But do, do you think like the use of squad that changes when he has better players to come off the bench? You hope it does. I hope. I hope so because, like, I just think he's very hamstrung at the moment. Like the the, the drop off, like the starters aren't the best, right? No. And there's a drop off from the starter to the bench, so it's almost like, listen, guys, you're gonna have to play every game. And to be honest, by the end of the season, if we get top four, we've got an FA Cup final, and we've won the League Cup. He's been vindicated in his decision making. When top of the season, if we said this is what we were gonna get. I think we've all taken that. Like we're, I think, very yeah. unlucky to not still be in the Europa League. Um, so I think all in all, it's been a really successful first season for him. I agree. Yeah, that's why I said there's not, not many things that you can really point out. He's had a good season. To be cool. With you. 
Uh, next question from 98 Zeki. Shout him out, another uh, long-term listener. What do you think our aim should be for next season, realistically? So, assuming whatever summer you guys are each expecting us to have in your mind, um, for reality-wise, not what you hope it will be, based on us having that summer, um, I start with you, Seb. What do you think our aim should be for next season? Um, I think we should aim to finish second, um, close to first. Uh, so, like, again, similar to like what, so what's happening with Arsenal right now. Um, I think an FA Cup and a deep Champions League run. Okay, cool. Uh, Ro- uh, Reams. Um, yeah, similar to what Seb said, I think next season, I just want us to be, I just want us to show that we're a team that could be a dominant team like Arsenal was for like 80% of the season. Um, like Man City are, you know what I mean? A team that shows that we could compete for a Premier League, make make deep runs into the Champions League, you know what I mean? Right now, I feel like we're a team that is good and I've kind of like maxed out all the quality yeah. we have in the team. You know what I mean? Uh, like, like I want us to sh- to look like next season. I want us to look like a good team that has potential to be a great team. Yeah. So yeah, Tom. agreed. And how about you, Rodney? Yeah, nothing, nothing. I can add to what Sebi and Remo said. Cool. I was expecting an irrational, confident shout from Seb to be honest. Quite uh, first, I want the title, but uh, I'll take that, Seb. Uh, 98 Zeki again, purely based on speculation. But if we went back in for Timber this summer, would you see Ten Hag preferring to use him as a right back or with Martinez as a centre back? I think he'll be doing both. Well, I'm sure it's back. Uh, he'll probably use him as a centre back to be honest because, yeah, that's that's what's worked for him at Ajax, so he probably wouldn't want to go away from that. But I I wouldn't want Timber personally. Same. This this thing where people believe he's gonna come in and like his best form has been at centre back, no? It's like in the summer when everyone was saying yeah, Martinez is gonna come and play as a DM, and I'm like, no, he's not. <laughs> like you like, just you look know. at you just look at the evidence and the evidence <laughs> yeah. his name has been made at centre back, Ten Hag centre back. Why is he gonna come now and play at right back? He's coming to play at centre back. No, he's gonna play at centre back, but like if we get rid of a right back, I think he'll be right back cover. I'm saying if Dalo gets injured, he'll play. Yeah, right but back. predominantly, we're signing. Oh yeah, of course he'll play centre back. He'll swap and in and swap out with Varane. I don't, I don't know if that's the similar kind of... to like what Shaw is like cover. That's what I think it would be. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I can level. see that because he can play right back. So like, if we need him to play there, he can slot in. But yeah, mm. guys are centre back, man. Mm, mm, agreed, agreed, agreed. Yeah, hopefully we don't see any of those sort of signings. I love us to get. <laughs> I'd love us to get Ryan Gravenberg from uh, Bayern Munich, but yeah, man, listen, we, 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 we tested, we tempted fate with the Martinez signing on it, and like it happened to turn out that he's incredible, but like, <laughs> right? Don't want to tempt fate with that twice. <laughs> yeah, agreed, 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 agreed. Yeah, I, I would like us to get Gravenberg. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll see what happens this summer. What's his situation? Because he's obviously he doesn't play. Good. He doesn't play at Bayern, and he's not happy. And I don't know. And if what are Bayern saying? I don't know. I think they. I heard. I think I read somewhere that they wanted like 25, 30 million for him. They're bringing in another centre mid as well from Leipzig, Conrad Leimer. So, <sighs> boy, yeah, come to OT, man. Come to that shit all over stadium. We got a space for you. We got a space for you in centre midfield, my well, son. Are you playing? Where does where does he play in, in midfield? 
He can play as a eight. So we saying that that guy at Southampton is is a no no. Romeo Lavia. Bring me Romeo Lavia tomorrow. But yeah, Lavia is, is really a six, but he can play in a pivot yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a six. I, I would if we could get them both. That would be brilliant. Perfect. Let's that would be that. brilliant. It's two again. One of them, like, what I just say to you guys, realistically, what we expect to happen. So, <laughs> not even build my hopes. It's not about to get relegated. That's quite realistic, no? I think there's going to be bad teams. Didn't Chelsea go in for him a few weeks after he was signed for South by Southampton? They literally just said, "Here's 50 mil. Just let us have him, guys. Like, forget all that other stuff." So they'll definitely potentially be looking to come back round. Arsenal are looking at him too. Will City sit there and watch people get a really, really good young central midfielder? Fred, Pep might just grab him, like, come back, man. You know? So, we'll come see. back. Oh, that's where he came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, they have first refusal and stuff. They, I think, uh, is it next year they get first refusal? Yeah, next year they get first refusal. So, you have oh, to grab him just, now. Yeah, they may say we, we want him to, to, to come back, you know, because he's definitely a really, really good central midfielder. And they got Gundawan's getting older. Um, so yeah, I, I think there will definitely be Southampton are going down, and there will definitely be a bunch of teams here and abroad who all want him. So it was doing against uh party and them the other week. Yeah. That's second best midfield in the league, apparently. So yeah, he he's he'd slot right in, man. He looked really, really good for us, man. <sighs> but one can dream. Lads, um, that's always a pleasure. Sebi, Reams, Rodney. Big game on Thursday. I anticipate a post-game reaction for the Patreon. So if you like that kind of post-game reaction stuff, sign up as a Patreon. Um, otherwise, I'll see you lads next week. Peace. Yes. Love. Love. <laughs>